Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Thursday the 30th of November 2017 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 193. I hope you're all well keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. I hope it's been a, a good week for you. For me, a week that as it's progressed has seen me try to plan the replenishing of uh, a bare wardrobe, an old wardrobe, an aging wardrobe uh, before Christmas. I'd rather not do it after Christmas. You know, I said, I think, a few shows back early on in this run last Christmas, I made the mistake of asking for books. I'm obsessed with books, got lots of books. Really should have gone for clothes this year. If anyone asks, I'll just say, you know, a jumper, a shirt, something. But the problem with getting clothes at Christmas, you then turn up for the man in this case, as it's likely to be uh, for me at the start of 2018, with a bunch of new clothes. I don't want that. That's too big a moment. I like a a wardrobe that's in transition. That's what I'm trying to pull off here. Surrounded daytime at the moment by young guys, perhaps still living at home, perhaps not bearded, of course, and dressed rather smartly. And, uh, you know, I've always been a scruffy guy. I just need to get a jumper or two, a shirt or two, smart stuff for the man. I'm just too shabby for that world. I removed the 2016 extravagant purchase winter coat and I just do look really shabby. I need to tackle that. I'm not going to be stupid though if and when I make those purchases one weekend. I'm not going to be turning up at the man on the Monday. Boom! New clothes right away. I'm clever like that. I'll phase the clothes in. The transition... That's what I'm talking about. I'll make it look like buying them wasn't a big deal for me. Like I can endure walking into a department store and uh, the nonsensical music, the inevitable R&B, the inevitable dance music is not a problem for me. Like buying the clothes wasn't what my weekend was all about. In their glory days, Liverpool Football Club were famous for easing in new signings. They do a year or two in the reserves, no matter how expensive these signings were. And that's something that only changed really when John Barnes and Peter Beardsley arrived for very big money in the summer of 87 as Kenny Dalglish rebuilt the team into arguably the most attacking English team this country had seen up to that point and uh, he needed to do something special because the Everton team of that 84 to 88 period were an outstanding team. I won't be keeping the new clothes should they arrive and uh, it's a big if. I won't be keeping them in reserve for a year or two like Liverpool used to do with their new signings though if in 2020 I was wearing say 2017 clothes that would be okay with me. I've got through 2017 with 2013 gear. It's not a problem for me. I can do that. From a wardrobe replenishment that may or may not happen to a hot chocolate purchase that kind of annoyed me, the Portuguese deli in Wilcox Close in SW8 offers a tin of phenomenal hot chocolate for just uh, £3.50. I've never liked hot chocolate as a kid. You know, I'm not a big chocolate lover. I didn't even like hot chocolate as a young man. Is it me or is this something that uh, some of you middle-aged listeners out there might be able to relate to? Do we, when we hit this period in our life, start enjoying things that uh, hitherto have never been to our liking? You know, the big one for me when I was younger was, of course, milk. I didn't drink milk for about 10 years and then from 91 onwards... Milk is up there with coffee as my favourite drink. 
Now, I've been saving for the hot chocolate with the boiler out of the way over a couple of weeks. I managed to pull together £3.50. I went into the deli. Terrible service there. It was about five or six minutes before anyone attended to me. You know, I was just standing by the till. I wasn't looking around. I knew what I wanted to buy. It reminded me of the old Spanish deli on Clapham Manor Street back in the 80s which uh, was run by some family friends. They'd originally started out on Landor Road with another Spanish couple that my family also knew. I've told this story before. They started out on Landor Road. They fell out, as Spanish people are, are want to do. So one half of that partnership moved to Clapham Manor Street where they opened this deli, and I would beg my mum not to take me there because it was essentially a gathering point for the Spanish women in the community which was a sizable community in South London in the 80s. It was just a, a, a gathering point for them to gossip, and I would be so bored. And uh, as soon as I was old enough to be able to do my own thing, the first thing that went was the uh, trip, the weekly trip to the Spanish deli. Sometime later, I think around 1990, that couple opened up La Rueda in uh, Clapham High Street, arguably a uh, pivotal turning point in uh, Clapham's modern history. Uh, I think they're now divorced, that couple, but uh, their kid was in my sibling's class at school. But anyway, that deli, the service in the Wilcox Close deli reminded me of that. The Portuguese hot chocolate is, for me, it's better than the Spanish hot chocolate that I used to drink. And I picked up a tin on Saturday and uh, fell for that old retail trick where they stick the oldest product at the front and you know I think I fell for it because I was in two minds as to whether I was going to buy this because after the boiler it's all about saving now I said that uh, a couple of shows back I need to save every penny counts and uh, you know three pounds fifty may not sound much but you know every penny counts as far as I'm uh, concerned while no one was about I still didn't feel like I could rummage about on the shelves when a shop's empty and I'm there, I always feel suspicious. There wasn't much space in there. There were about five or six tins. I'd have needed to remove the tins from the shelves, turn them upside down, look for the date. I didn't really feel that I could rummage. Anyway, I got home and I was gutted to see the tin expired in April of next year. I actually found that out on my uh, journey home. And... Uh, now I've got five months to work my way through a tin of hot chocolate. That is long enough. But the last tin I bought in May of this year, and on my way home after seeing that I only had five months to finish this new hot chocolate, it became my priority once endorsed to check the old tin, to check what the expiry date was on that. Because I'd realised my mistake early. And uh, the first tin I discovered, which I hadn't yet finished, I could still get one more hot chocolate out of that. You're meant to put uh, four heaped teaspoons into a glass for that particular uh, hot chocolate. So uh, I discovered that the old hot chocolate had uh, 14 months to go when I bought it. It still expires after the new one. Seriously, this killed my weekend. Now I know that I'm going to finish this hot chocolate in time. Though it's more of a treat than a regular thing with me, the hot chocolate. I don't know. It leaves me uneasy that I've only got five months to get through it. And I'm worried that I'll start drinking it at a rate that uh, puts me in danger of reprising my uh, fat period of the mid to late 80s, 84 to uh, early 89 
two toilet issues with the big boss at the man's uh, to report on uh, today's show. I'll uh, break the uh, the toilet tales up in this show. The first incident occurred on Monday, 14.42 hours. I was at the urinal. I always take the nearest one just because that's become the habit since uh, move into the new building. And, uh, you know, why would I take the far one? Because it's quite a tight space. If someone comes in and takes the... Uh, nearest urinal then I've got to squeeze past them it makes no sense I'm at the right urinal the boss came in anyway the big boss I finished up the urinal was flushing as the boss arrived in a hurry he fixed me with his eyes then uh, he slipped into the cubicle soon as the door was closed I heard and this is I'm talking instantly here I heard all manner of noises gunshots fired as he undid his belt no Paper and audio. This guy was straight on the seat. There was the ugly audio of the belt buckle hitting the tiled floor. It sounded like a, a man who wasn't in control of his body. And uh, having seen me, it just felt like there was a real disregard for my presence in the gents at that moment. He'd seen me. He was letting me know that he was the big boss and that he can do whatever he wants. Thankfully, much like uh, my podcasting and uh, radio career, I'm below the radar at the man. So while he knows that uh, that I'm there, that I work there, I don't think he has any idea what I do there. But um, I think he's a bit more aware of me now, maybe. A visual that I often forget about in terms of how much it irks me because thankfully over the last few years the man has had me only intermittently is the uh, spectacle of the colleague with the big headphones wearing them all the way until they reach their desk. Now I'm someone who in the last four years ceased wearing little earphones. I'd never wear big headphones outside because I'm too self-conscious for that but I'd always be listening to stuff on commutes and walks with little earphones. But, and this will make me sound like a hippie perhaps, but I'm certainly not one of those. I wanted to reconnect with everything around me, you know, several years ago. Even though sometimes walks through the uh, grimmer parts of South London can be boring. But, you know, I made a big effort to um, get rid of lots of stuff. The noise from my life over the last few years, you know, instant messenger apps uh, went, Instagram account went... And I think part of that, for me, extended to getting rid of the iPod, just using it indoors, but making sure that when I go outdoors, uh, if I'm commuting, that I'm reading. You know, just listening to everything around me, being aware of everything around me. I got a sense that there was too much noise in my life. I'm conscious that time is marching on. I don't want to be walking around listening to another Under the Radar podcast on my iPod. I want to hear the traffic. I want to hear the birds singing in the trees, the wind, all of that. All of that stuff I wanted to hear. It would now be a massive U-turn to go back to walking around with the iPod, which means I have about 3,000 podcasts on the iPod yet to listen to. And believe me, on South London buses, when you've got people making early morning phone calls, and in South London it's usually women behind these calls, I have to say. Early morning calls, I'm talking about. I don't know who takes calls at that time of the day, I really don't. Or you've got the uh, the morons on the buses talking rubbish in between mouthfuls of chicken in the evenings. The earphones will certainly still come in useful in the evenings. And I do miss them when things like that are going on. 
Anyway, back to the big headphones. If you wear them to work, and I do think they look odd outdoors, but that's just a personal opinion. But if you wear them to work, take them off before you go into the building. How much of the song that you're listening to or the podcast that you're listening to are you going to listen to by the time you get to your desk? You know, from that walk, from that moment that you enter the building to your desk, that might take you a minute, a couple of minutes. How essential is it to listen to uh, a couple of more minutes of whatever it is you're listening to? Take the headphones off. Is it worth the head turning that you'll provoke and the risk of your entrance featuring on a little herd, long running, long ignored by the media podcast? What are you angling for? Are you hoping someone pays your headset a compliment as you walk in? It's up there for me with guys doing wheelies on bikes in front of girls. I have never seen a woman run after a guy doing a wheelie screaming, Stop! I must know your name. Stop! I want to settle down with you. Though I did tweet this once and someone actually tweeted back that they had indeed once seen a a guy doing a wheelie get pursued by a girl for their number. Personally, I've not seen that, but I had no reason to uh, disbelieve this tweeter. But how do we reduce the nonsense of life? The things that irk us, you know, bags on bus seats, having to tell passengers to remove their bags so you can sit down. Why do these people have to be told? The phone calls on buses, the chicken on buses, ringing the bell more than once, a plague on buses these days since the spread of earphones on public transport, but inexcusable given that you've still got the, uh, not still because that's just a recent thing, you know, these days you have the bus stop in lighting signs, even if you've got your earphones on, look for the signs, is the bus stopping sign lit up, is it red, then you don't need to press the bell again, someone's already done it for you. The big headset in office entrance, that joins those visuals. Tell me what irks you. Get your submissions in at 1607westegg on Twitter. Hashtag nonsense. Facebook.com forward slash Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Nonsense. Whatever, however Facebook works. DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk if you want to email a list to me for the next show nonsense in the subject header the criteria i suppose things that just rile you things that get that internal voice in your head that may as you get older be getting ever crabbier in my case my submissions i like to think that they're things that would always have riled me i've just never had much of a tolerance for nonsense tuesday morning i tweeted a uh, picture of a homeless guy who's a uh, been sleeping rough outside the uh, monster Sainsbury's in Nine Elms that opened uh, a year ago this month. And uh, it reminds me of uh, the guy also on Wandsworth Road who used to sleep under the railway arches that I would always see early mornings when I went to the old store that was knocked down at the start, I think, of 2014 to make way for this new monster-sized store with its seven towers that uh, Sainsbury's uh, owns, either entirely or part owns. And uh, I remember that just before Christmas in 2013, an ambulance came uh, for the uh, homeless guy under the railway arches, and thankfully I never saw him again. Earlier this year, I remember mentioning it on... uh, the spring run of podcast, there was a, another homeless guy appeared on Wandsworth Road. He would tether a trolley 
to a tree and he was sleeping under a tree. There was a chair there. He was adding lots of little accessories and he was there for a good few months. This guy, he's been there now for uh, two or three weeks. And the thing about the uh, entrance to the new Sainsbury's, and I'm talking about the uh, Northern Line extension site here, there seems to be some design flaw. It gets really blustery there. You do really get blown about by the wind there. And also there's a real dip there. So if it rains heavily, it all gets flooded. So Tuesday morning, I saw this guy there again. Well, I thought it was a guy. And then I suddenly saw four feet poking out from underneath the uh, white duvet that they've got. And then I realized it's actually two guys sleeping there. You know, this is 2017. This is the rebooted Vauxhall, full of money. Money that followed the arrival of the American Embassy, which uh, has either opened now or is about to open. And I think the building is now completed, uh, complete with moat round the front. It's a very simplistic argument. I'm not even sure if there's an argument on my part. I, I'm not sure I've got those debating skills. It's just simply, how is this happening in 2017? How has all this money come into this area? How have all the existing council estates, the ones that aren't being knocked down, ended up being surrounded by these new shiny towers, gyms opening everywhere, pubs that used to serve the old community closing down, little affordable housing being incorporated into these new developments. And we put up with this. There's nothing we can do. We put up with this. It's done. As the Space Daddy memorably said to me, there's a party and we're not invited. And you've got all this money in the area, the like of which I've never seen before. And I worked in Canary Wharf when it was being built in the early 90s. But I've not seen anything like the rebooted Nine Elms. And you've still got a couple of homeless guys sleeping outside this supermarket. It's 2017. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available episode 193 sweating the small stuff because the small stuff does matter ways to support the show you can do all your Amazon shopping by clicking on the Amazon referral link at DanielRuizTyson.com. Amazon recognizes you've gone to them via the referral link on my site and kicks back a small percentage of whatever you've purchased back to my work at no extra cost to you with Christmas coming up of course this is the biggest opportunity of the year for the website to again start paying for itself. Further ways to support the show, you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes. A rating and a review has to be both. That's the way iTunes works. Subscribing also uh, via iTunes, if you do use iTunes, click that subscribe button. That again is a big way to help. And perhaps you might even consider making a secure donation to the podcast via the PayPal link at DanielRearsTizen.com. Thanks to everyone who's doing any of this, especially donors. These are straightened times for so many of us milkers. We know a pint of milk has just risen by five pence, so it is appreciated. Right, I'm uh, really pushed for time on this. This is going to be a difficult edit. I've been all over the place uh, tonight, so uh, I will move the second uh, Lou incident with the uh, big boss at the man's, which occurred uh, yesterday. I'll tell that in uh, episode 194. A tweet uh, from Filth D, uh, because it's important to keep you informed of such things. Today was my first winter coat day of the year. That is late from Filth D. 
they went with it on Monday, Monday the 27th of November. Filth Day continues, though this is artificially late because I was out of the country last week and the week before teamed coat with big, thick jumper. Anyone else yet to uh, switch to the winter coat? Tweet hashtag winter coat to at 1607 West Egg. Can anybody match Filth D's uh, late winter coat wearing? Spanish Carnu's birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday to her. Obviously, we've stopped trying to guess her real age. I'll be seeing her at the weekend. I got her a 50p card, which pleased me. I think greeting cards are overpriced. I'd rather put my money into the present. So I need to think of what to uh, get her at the weekend when uh, I'm sure uh, the first Christmas cards of uh, this year uh, will be lined up for me uh, to write for her. Overheard Wednesday 29th of November 12.52 hours. He ticks a lot of boxes, said the young woman. He went to private school, which is important, right? There's someone I would never want to know. Let's round the episode up with our last visit of the month to the cafe. Uh, Tuesday morning, 28th of November, a couple of Irish guys were in just after 0800 hours. Both started early on the Sagres beer. One was very distinctive looking, young, very lanky, completely grey-haired. They were uh, discussing, the pair of them, the 2017 waitress who had arrived earlier than normal to help Phil Collins on the morning shift. The shorter Irish guy seemed keen on her. The silver surfer made a remarkable six visits to the loo, not once washing his hands. Six visits in less than an hour. That can't just be the sagris, can it? From Tuesday, some Christmas decorations had appeared in the cafe. Christmas lights on the ill-suited for our climbs. Retractable doors that can be pulled back in the summer for our six-day summers. And a stocking also appeared up behind my toilet table where the hooks can almost be heard straining as they take the weight of the winter coat. Now, I was thinking maybe they should put tinsel around the hand wash. Anything that can alert regulars to the presence of soap must be worth trying. So uh, while Filth D went late on the winter coat, the cafe appears to have gone early on the festive decorations. Actually, while I remember, uh, do remember that uh, Daniel Ruiz Tyson's advent calendar, my daily Christmas podcast for Holdfast Network. Uh, The first episode is out uh, tomorrow. Filth D uh, features occasionally on the series uh, with some uh, excellent festive uh, poetry. If I didn't say it on episode 192, I'll say it today. The way to listen to this show is daily. Don't binge listen. They were recorded the way they were for a reason. It's a... I'm not going to use the word journey. I'm trying to rediscover my love for Christmas. And I really did make a concerted effort on a daily basis. And uh, I had no idea where those recordings were going to take me. It's available from wholefastnetwork.com and iTunes' Daniel Ruiz Tyson's Advent Calendar from the 1st of December to Christmas Eve. Back to the cafe now, a shortage of 10 peas this week. For me, has uh, seen me being rather overgenerous on the tipping, having to tip 20 rather than 10p. Uh, it's early in the morning. Thankfully, I'm too numb to feel the pain of that overgenerous tipping. If I hadn't been tipping so generously, maybe the uh, hot chocolate expenditure wouldn't be bothering me so much. Uh, Tuesday, 28th of November, Chachi, with whom I'd exchange uh, morning greetings when he arrived just after the shutter had gone up, also left before me 
that morning as he left with a couple of uh, what I'm assuming uh, were colleagues. I saw him looking at me, but I think my glance came too late for the goodbye. I think he was angling for the goodbye greeting. Current greeting situation, having failed to build on the last handshake with early Jim, at least I've uh, established a morning greeting with Chachi, but uh, Chachi already wants the farewell greeting too. He is very keen. So uh, establishing the handshake with early Jim and establishing the farewell greeting with Chachi, those two were on my list of uh, things to do cafe-related. Cosmetically enhanced mum was in the cafe yesterday since Molly Coddled her, well, Molly Coddled son uh, went to secondary school a couple of years back. She stopped taking him uh, to school and uh, she's rarely in that early uh, these days. I remember actually the monumental day when cosmetically, back in the days when she could still move her face, she watched with pride from the cafe bar as Molly Coddled crossed from the library to the cafe on his own for the first time. What a day! that was and that is it that is today's show i hope you guys enjoy your weekend and do what you do well you can only do your best shoulders back people keep on walking towards the sun i'm back on monday as the christmas countdown begins a month that will lead us not towards a manger but a 200th episode goodbye november you were a tough one you take your leave with a bouffant firmly re-established on my head i'm actually gonna make myself a hot chocolate now while i edit this uh, beast of a show. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this week I have been available. Mm-hmm.